0: So he played for Westfield. Uh, he was actually the punt returner on the, the, the punt team for Westfield. Now I was on the punt team. I was a guard, and I might have violated a few of my uh, obligations on that on that team for those games to try to just go tackle my brother. And uh, I sure enough did tackle my brother pretty good out of bounds bounce one time, and then the refs thought we were fighting, but I was on top of him like, ah, oh, let's go. And then all his teammates were, you let your brother tackle you. you And he said probably some mean words I'm not going to say on this because I don't know who's listening to it.
1: Welcome, everybody, to West Con Football Podcast. Bart Pasterna, the legendary coach Joe Loth, and pooch behind the glass. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, we are here. We're going to recap game number one. Then we've got a special guest, and we'll look ahead to game number two of the West Con Football season. Uh, coach Loth... Game one doesn't turn out exactly the way you want it to. So uh, let's look back a little bit at what transpired against Willie Pig.
2: Well, obviously, an extremely disappointing start to our season. Uh, You know, if you're watching the game live or just there in person, you can see where our special team, especially our punt team, really hurt us. I mean, we gave up two punt returns for touchdowns, uh, literally gave them 14 points, and, I, and as a head coach, I've never given up a punt return for a touchdown. It's the first time that it's ever happened, and, and having two of them happen in the game, and really, it's you know, there's no one else to blame but myself. Uh, you know, on our punt team, we've been worried about our long snapper and our punter all camp. We've worked operation, 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 trying to get the snap down to one nine nine and blocking. And obviously, didn't put enough time into coverage. You know what I mean? We had some guys that didn't follow the rules. The second one, we had five missed tackles. You know, three of them were unblocked. So uh, we we obviously had to reshuffle our punt team, get that going, and uh, you know, defensively we knew they're going to be really good on defense, and they were freaking really really talented on defense, and we struggled to move the ball, and and, and our defense played well against them, and we really played well. Uh, there was no indication giving up 28 points. Our defense only really gave up seven of them. We had one interception that was brought back inside the five, and and uh, so just a truly disappointing start to our season, but. Uh, games like this, if we can learn from it, you know, if we can learn, obviously, the essence and the importance of special teams, you know, talk is cheap, but, but producing on it and shore up some things offensively and continue to play good on defense, we think we still can have a really good season.
1: Yeah, it, it, people don't realize sometimes or uh, maybe think long enough how everything is a, a chain reaction. If, if one unit has a, a breakdown, it's going to affect and put pressure on your other units, Coach.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. We knew going into the game they're going to be one of the most talented defenses we played. We thought we matched up offensively. We thought, you know, we beat them 14-7 two years ago, or 14-10 four, or something like that, and thought it might be one of those type of games. Yeah, last year was a tight game, too. Yeah, it was a tight game last year, too. I mean, they we're pretty, uh, talent-wise, we're very close talent-wise, and uh, just can't win those games if you give points. And we gave points, got no breaks, and uh, didn't make big plays when we needed to make big plays. And uh, just, so it was definitely a, a frustrating game. Uh, it's a game that, that we can definitely learn from. If we learn from our mistakes shore up some things, it's also a game we can build from, we think.
1: Any other tweaks? Uh, because we'll, we'll talk about game number two coming up at the end of this podcast. But uh, any other uh, tweaks? Because, yeah, sometimes, guys, it's it's game one. You literally have had a short camp. Everybody's had a short camp. It's the life the way it is. And so some guys can get banged up. You may have to make an adjustment here or there. Yeah, you know, probably
2: the biggest thing, you know, is the game ended, you know, we just looked at – operation we didn't operate fast enough we just look slow like in between plays not when the after the ball was snar- uh, snapped and then just like our identity like we have an identity in offense and you didn't see our identity on offense so i think we've got to continue to get back to what we really do on offense and and uh you know just can you know not try to do too much just kind of do what we do and i think we got away from just doing what we do on offense
1: so the id cards have been printed you wear them on your chest you know who you are out there.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And that's that's the uh, plan this week is get back to doing what we do. We think we have some talented guys on both sides of the ball, and and
1: uh, we obviously we'll face a big challenge this week. Yeah, it'll be another travel date for the WestCon Wolves. We'll talk about that after we return because we have a special podcast guest coming on up. Mr. Nickel is here. Uh, yeah, Mike Nickel, one of the uh, best players that's ever played here.
2: Uh, Unique guy, super successful, going to be successful in life. He is already and and going to continue to be. Great guy to coach, uh, loved football, moved him all over the place. Just
1: a really unique story and great success story here at Western Connecticut. Absolutely. So that's what's coming on up. You stick around. We will be back. And then after that, we'll do a little preview. We'll thank all of the folks. Hey, oh, one other thing I want to remind you of. You know, whether home or away, you can always catch the WestCon Wolves games streaming. And we will actually have our full-fledged, with the pooch, with the crew, with everybody, Uh thank Hall of Fame weekend coming up near the end of the month. So uh, make sure you check that on out. Just go to the WestCon Athletic site and, and click on football. It'll have a link. You'll enjoy if you can't make it to the game. We'd rather see your keister in the seats supporting the Wolves. But even while you're at the game, you can stream. We're
2: everywhere. Yeah, we, yeah, we actually have a 3 o'clock kickoff on Saturday, so we may be the only small college team in the country playing at 3 o'clock.
1: Uh, kind of, they put us at that spot where we really can't do an overnight. But, but you, can't, you, can't, you can't even say that anymore with all these major TV deals now. Yeah, that's true. You know, they take every conference game. They're almost starting some games at at, at midnight. Yeah, that's true. And you Tuesday know, night MAC games and all that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, we'll be back. West Con Football Podcast. Keep it right here podcast is brought to you by Tactical Construction Services, LLC. It's a local business, veteran owned and operated, that has been in business since 2005. Over 15 years of experience, they specialize in all your home improvement, exterior needs, and guarantee you a job well done. All the way from roofing and siding to windows. They're your guys. They strive to exceed the homeowner's expectations each and every time to get the job done the way you want it. They work in a timely fashion and always pay attention to detail, proudly serving Danbury and the surrounding areas. They're claim specialists. They provide free estimates. Call them today. The phone number, 203-460-2400. That's 203 203- 460 460-2400. You can email them, info at tacticalconstructionsvcs.com. That's info at tacticalconstructionsvcs.com. Or stop by their local offices, cross some Stu Leonard's, right on Federal Road. Welcome back, everybody, to the WestCon Football Podcast. Bart Bisterna, Coach Joe Loth, Pooch Behind the Glass, and the Swiss Army Knife himself, the man who uh, did it all and could have played any position on the WestCon football team during his tenure. We're talking about the officer himself, Mike here. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. I'm happy uh, happy to be here with you guys. I haven't seen Coach Loth in probably a year now. We always text every now and then, but it's nice seeing you again. And Nice to hear from you.
1: Well, we're we're pleased that that you here. you're one of the one of the difference makers in this program, and one of those guys that uh, I know Coach Loth can always use as a great example for incoming players and current players as to how to get it done, how to approach the uh, the game. But uh, it didn't all start. Off that way, you went on to become such an offensive force, but that wasn't the initial process for you at WestCon.
0: No, no. Uh, so <laughs> in high school, I played quarterback, loved quarterback. I played free safety as well. Uh, when I was on my college search, I, I, w- I really wanted to stay on the offense side of the ball. Um, I, was, I wanted to play quarterback, and I probably wasn't good enough to play quarterback at the schools I wanted to go to. So... That fell through, and then I uh, spoke with Coach Connors at Wake uh, Woke High School one day. He came in, sat down with me, talked about WestCon. And originally, I came in there maybe saying I was going to stay here and try to go play bigger football, but then I realized I fit right at home at WestCon when I got there. I came in and uh, started off on the defense side of the ball. Well, actually, no, I was on the offense side of the ball, and I went to coach. I was like, hey, I want to play. What's the best way for me to get on the field here? And uh, he said, well, right now we have quarterbacks, so you go try to play defense. I was like, Screw it. Oh, throw me over there. Put me on defense. <laughs> we play special teams. Uh, I, I just didn't want to be on the sideline. I wanted to be on the field. So uh, that first year, I came in, did all special teams. It's basically, yeah, every, every kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return, I was just trying to find my way on the field. And that's all I cared about at that point. And then I started making a name for myself and started getting some respect I uh, other players that were older on the field by trying to hit them as hard as I could. And <laughs> Got a few fights of practice with the older guys because I was always just being a menace. And then, then, but that's football; it's competitive sport, and I was just trying to get on the field as fast as possible at that point.
2: Yeah, Mike, Mike I was telling Bart in, in the pre kind of the pre show that you know we're it's your second. I think it was your second year, and then all you are on defense. Will Art comes in on Monday after we play Framingham with a close loss to Framingham, and we got to call you up and say, hey, Mike, we're moving you to quarterback. <laughs> and you you had as as good Total a game, you, you've had as good a game playing quarterback as any you know I've been coaching over 20 years now you came in and we beat bridgewater that week in maybe one of the best games I've ever been involved in and what you were able to do when two basically two days of full practice and be able to go out and play is is a memorable day for me I know that
0: It was an exciting day for me uh I remember that game. Pretty well. I threw my first interception and wanted that, to kill the kid. Yeah,
2: and you did, man. You put your helmet <laughs> yeah. right between his I, eyes.
0: I did, uh, <laughs> did. As soon as I left my hand, I knew I was in trouble. I was like, oh, God, here we go. I got to go get that football back. And was on a beeline for him. But yeah, I remember that game. I think the first touchdown pass was to Connor. Yep. I think that was, uh, I think I ran one in that game too. But yeah, I, I do remember that game. I remember that phone call when uh, you called me up saying, hey, so you're going back quarterback. To, uh, come out of the office uh, right now and we're going to go over some some game plans and get you back up to speed. And I was like, all right, perfect. Let's do it. Let's figure it out.
1: Mike, I have to ask you, because you're playing defense. You're not really, Coach, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, you're not really the number two quarterback at that point in time. Coach is looking for what's the best way we can Win. Get, get ourselves W's. And it's by moving you from defense to offense but still it's a couple of days it's changing the whole offense and it's do you just not think about it and just go with the flow
0: well yeah coach will tell you i'm a very carefree person i always (laughs) just kind of let things happen and went with the flow and tried my best to do whatever um so i got the call and i was more than willing to do i was no i was ready i was a little, definitely a little nervous, but I knew I was ready to to play play football on the offense side of the ball. I wanted I wanted that role, and that's what I came to college to play was play quarterback. So I was more than eager to take that opportunity. I wasn't great on defense. I wasn't a great fit for our defense and, and where they had me. So I wasn't. I was very okay with going back to the offense side of the ball. I didn't think uh, I was good enough on the defense side of the ball where I was going to make a difference on that side of the ball. So I was happy with the switch back over to offense. Was it,
1: was it tough to win over the the offensive players? So, because here you are, you're with the D, and and now you're back with the with the offense. And it was it was Will Lawrence' team, uh, so to speak. Now you're the field general out there, the the QB. Was there any difficulty, or did everybody just say, "Hey, you know this? We're Westcon, and that's it." So actually,
0: as soon as I came into WestCon, they had me on the west side campus because WestCon's a split campus. And so I was immediately engraved into those older guys on that side of the campus. I was living with all offensive guys, Alex Ultramat, <laughs> and uh, a few of the other guys. But me and Ultramatt were roommates the rest of college. And he was an offensive guy, so he was he was a standout over there. And I got got along fine with all those offensive guys. And the, it's college football. People just want to win. They don't really care care what it takes who's who's what but i have a good relationship with everyone on our team uh definitely wasn't our smartest guy on the team but i, I made things <laughs> try to, try to fit
2: i'll tell you what yeah
0: i'll tell so you hiccups what, like that Yeah, practice is t- definitely competitive and you do butt heads with each other in practice but practice practice you know just trying to get better
2: i'll tell you what then not only did mike have a great win against bridgewater i think we went five and one with them in the regular season after that uh, I'm not sure who we lost to and then we took us to a bowl game played St. John Fisher in a bowl game and and like
1: not only he didn't not only had one good game he had a great season really. And and he always liked playing Westfield too for some it it, it <laughs> those end of regular season games against uh Westfield um, it was always fun to look at the the final stat sheet and why is that Mike cuz he has a reason
0: uh, for that. Well, it started out um, my freshman year was actually my brother's senior year at Westfield. So he played for Westfield. Uh, he was actually the partner-turner on uh, the, the punt team for Westfield. Now I was on the punt team. I was a guard, and I might have violated a few of my uh, obligations on that on that team for those games to try to just go tackle my brother. And uh, I, I sure enough did tackle my brother pretty good out of bounds one time, and then the refs thought we were fighting, but I was on top of him like, ah, oh, let's go. And then all his teammates were, you let like your brother Tackle you, you. He said, "Probably some mean words." I'm not going to say on this because I don't know who's listening to it. But uh, yeah, so I was definitely one of the biggest, best members ever. I got to play against my brother. I actually got to tackle my brother, and we got to to beat my brother and his best friend, uh, who's also guy Greg Jackson. Beat them pretty good.
1: You know, I, I, it's a remarkable career when you when you look at it, and it's through an injury that. This uh, this great offensive search, Although I, I kind of feel that it 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 would have happened anyway. You're the kind of player who could not be denied, Mike. It, it was you could physically see it when you were on the field. Uh, you had a purpose each and every play out there. Uh, I, I don't know how many guys I could say were just that laser focused on the on the field it's yeah i don't know if it's the justice and law education that you were getting i have no i no idea uh, where, where do you feel that that intensity came from well
0: <sighs> i always liked to uh, try to be the toughest guy on the field and i i really never thought I never think a lot. That's probably why I, I did so well and was so calm because I never overthought things and I, I was able to forget the bad stuff very quickly and, and let it go. I mean, once it was done with, I was never one of the guys that kind of harped on like, ah, I should have done this different." I was like, hey, I got to do it. I got to do a different next player. When I throw the interception, I got to just correct it next. I never really thought about what had happened before. Uh, I always kept like a clear mindset and, and really just didn't think at all. I just let... In my body, I just did what I was comfortable doing. I just played football.
2: Here, here's when I knew Mike was a different style of quarterback Is every Monday, you know, uh, when you coach quarterbacks, you always, or Sunday, Sunday night or Monday, you're like, hey, uh, what do you think of our next opponent? And have you watched them on film yet? And they're always like, yeah, they got a good pass rush or their corners are good or their DB. Mike's first thing is, man, their DNs, when I read their D, it was all about the D line, like when him <laughs> running the ball and how good their DNs are and stopping the run and it, uh, definitely a different style quarterback.
0: But Yeah, was, even in the high school, I was never really confident in throwing the ball. I didn't become decent at throwing the ball until I came to college. Uh, and I was always reliant on my feet. And they would have to stack the box against me in high school. So that's why my pass game was a little bit effective because I, they had to overcompensate the run game and opened up the holes in the defense for that stuff. So I always cared about the run game. I always enjoyed running the football. As you know, towards the end of my career, I was basically the running back for – the last two years?
2: Yeah, that's and then, then we transitioned the next year. We kind of tried to do the two-quarterback thing with Mike and Will uh, first couple games of the year, and, and uh, Will ended up uh, throwing a little better, and, and Mike obviously runs a little better, and Mike ended up rushing for 1,200 yards as the running back the next year with Will as kind of the primary quarterback. So... Once again, I don't know anybody that can transition like Mike did back over to run, truly playing running back for the first time. And he didn't go at running back during camp. I think we did it week two or week three, I think, didn't we? And then, I think it was week
0: two. Uh, Pinder, I think Pinder tore his ACL week right. one that, up on uh, Harwick. Yep. Where, where,
2: that's right. It was Hartwick, fourth quarter Hartwick, I think. Then Mike moves to tailback, leaves the conference in Russian the next year.
1: Yes. And, you know, really, when you look at it, Mike, you were there – during a pretty solid era for quarterbacks, I'm including yourself in there. Uh, a really solid stretch of four years of signal callers at Westcon, right, Coach? Lincoln? Oh yeah. yeah, we've always had good
2: quarterbacks, and obviously Mike's one of those. And Mike's probably the most unique of any of them in what he's been able to do. And we got a guy now, a guy named Mac Driver, that that we watch a lot of Mike's film uh, when we have Mac in there. And Mac reminds me a lot of Mike, like an elite runner, and he can throw the ball pretty good. and and uh, so anytime you can have guys that can do more than one thing, it's you can obviously use them a lot of different ways. If it
1: wasn't for the the short age difference between the two, you'd almost swear that Mac Driver could be the child of Mike Nickel. <laughs> Except for Mac weighs about 25 pounds more, I think. <laughs> And Mike bit was a big kid too. <laughs> yes, yeah, without question. Yeah. Hey, I have to ask you, teammates because we brought up a a few of them. You you had some nice people to work with while you were at Westcon.
0: I had some of the best the best guys out there around me. I mean, our O line was awesome. Johnny Medina was a big big dude. Malik was out there. Carp. We had just big big angry people up front that were blockers. <laughs> Connor was a all league wide receiver. Nicest kid, nicest
2: kid in the history of football, too.
0: Yeah, he he was, he was like weirdly nice. <laughs> <laughs> that person kind of is like you you can't like say good job after the guy's faction in the face. So you gotta get up and fight him. <laughs> Connor like thanked him. Oh thanks for hitting me, guys. <laughs> but then now the ultramat was a jumping jack, energy bunny that just kept running around, flying around. Toughest toughest kid I knew, one of my be- my best friend from college. Who else do we have out there? I had Tory Mack as my running back my first year.
2: Tory, was uh, a-
0: Tory.
2: David Plaza, you play with Plaza?
0: Plaza, yeah. Plaza was just my sophomore year. I think he and he got hurt his senior year. Yep. He came there. Um, who else do we have out there?
2: Will Andrews, you play with Will. Fast. <laughs> Super fast. But anyway, yeah, you
1: know, McKinnon and Gilday and people like that were yeah. were there during uh during your time. All all people who were standouts conference recognized them, and this is nothing against the conference. But sometimes they tend to mm, uh, overlook. Yeah, we don't get somewhat. a lot of love from the mascot. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we don't get a lot of love from the Mass but they uh there were guys who uh at least could get some some kind of recognition. So um Quality group of guys, and you got to work with with an outstanding coaching staff and one that has um, really helped to bring back Westcom football by bringing in players such as yourself.
0: Yeah, no, Coach Loth does a great job recruiting all the time. Um, We've always had good recruits coming in, we always had competition. like one of the guys I brought underneath my wing when I was playing the running back role is Khalil Patterson. I always like to joke with him, and like he was a very good running back. And he probably wasn't tough when he came to West Con, but definitely <laughs> left a much tougher running back than, than, he, than he started. And it's, uh, stuff like that. Like he was always just bringing these new good guys, this, this next group of guys that wanted to play football. And then you could tell that Connecticut Western Connecticut's is always one of the top few teams in the league out there. And that's on Coach Lawson and his coaching staff just going out there and grinding. I think doing a great
2: i tell you the other thing about Mike is Mike was the mayor of Western Connecticut. He ran the campus. I mean, he was in admissions. He kind of, there's probably wasn't an
1: administrator or a person on this campus that didn't know who Mike Nickel was by the time he graduated. Well, and he had, you did have an official title during your time. You were not an ambassador, right, Mike?
0: Ambassador thing. I uh, was in the student government at one point. That wasn't great. Um <laughs> Good. Uh, what I did, I worked 20 to 40 hours a week on top of the football stuff. And then my senior, I was actually working 40 hours a week overnight in the hospital and still going to football practice class and then making it to games on the weekends. I'd be working full-time overnight shift at the hospital in Waterbury and just driving back in the morning. Might have had to skip a few classes, but uh, I picked the right teachers that uh, <laughs> helped me out and were, were friendly with me, and that was the nice thing about playing at WestCon, too. They helped you out with academics and stuff like that they get they got you the right teachers um and i, I always worked around the campus
2: you're in admissions forever
0: right all four years yeah. so i, I knew the teachers uh a lot of the the bigwigs that would always come up into the admissions office to see how enrollment was going and stuff like that so i, I knew a decent amount of people and i enjoy i enjoyed it very much i enjoyed doing the tours i enjoyed is that your dog mike yeah no i'm trying to show up <laughs>
1: <laughs> while, <laughs> while while Mike goes and gets his dog, <laughs> see for, uh, for those who uh, can't see this right right now, we have a great view of uh, of the Mike Nichols couch. <laughs> uh, I would expect spe- nothing less. It's right a now. it's a spectacular it's a spectacular couch. <laughs> <laughs> I think he took him for a walk. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
2: Now, Mike, is that the original house you bought? I remember you bought a house after you graduated and you tried to flip it or whatever. All
0: right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I bought a house about four years ago. Me and my buddy went 50-50 on it. Lived there for three years. We just sold it because the market was crazy. And we we were like, hey, we can't live together forever. Let's make our money. And so I just bought another house in Watertown. I'll be moving in there probably this week or next week. I'm closing on it now. So uh, this is my parents' house.
2: (laughs) Tell your parents I said hello.
0: They're not here right now, but I will definitely uh, forward that message over to them. They miss the tailgates, everything like that.
1: Yeah, they're always invited. Well, you were talking about education. And before we take a break, I just want to bring up the educational aspect because you did um, go into justice and law, and you end up becoming a police officer in the city of, uh, in the city of Waterbury. Was that something going in that you thought about or something as time went on at school?
0: Well, I, I, and, uh, I actually told Coach this while I was still in school, I was just already taking police tests. It took like three years to get into Waterbury on the test. So I was taking police tests my junior year, junior summer, just because of back then people actually wanted to be cops and a <laughs> uh, very good career to get into. As of not right now, we're having when I applied to Waterbury, there's over fifteen hundred people applying. Our last application process, we only had three hundred people apply to it wow. to be a cop. So, no one wants to be a cop anymore. So, back then it was a hard job to get into. Um, I'm not saying it's easy to get into now, but it's definitely not as competitive.
1: Yeah, you so, still uh, you still have to you still have to meet the standards. That's the that's the bottom line.
0: My criminal justice background from Western definitely helped me out. land over, like. I was ahead of most people in my class when it come to that kind of aspect in the academy. So the WestCon education definitely helped me out a ton. I mean, I, I love the courses. There was a lot of good teachers in the Justice Law program. There was Dwyer and a few other good guys that I enjoyed taking their classes, very knowledgeable people, some of them tougher than others, and, and it definitely helped me in the long run. Um, so I just took the detective test a couple months ago. I came out number seven out of 50 or 60 people on the list, so – I'll be detective by the end of the year here.
2: So how does that work? If you're seven out of 50 to the like the first, does it kind of go in order, or,
0: or how does that work? First, five already got made. Okay. So I just need to retire, which there's supposed to be three retiring by October. So ideally, then I'll, I'll be getting made some point by the end of the year, hopefully, or very early next year when people are, are retiring. So it's just as they, one retires, they replace and and vice versa.
2: So what's your current role now with the with the Waterbury police? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis?
0: In the crime prevention unit, basically we're just pro- <laughs> a proactive unit. Crime prevention unit, we don't take calls. We just go to shootings, violent crimes, and we just roll around and basically clean up corners, address the narcotics, firearms. Uh, we've been very successful in what we're doing. Our, our unit's Waterbury got a lot of control for a while. There was like 12 shootings in 18 hours. So uh, they decided that we're going to make our unit back. So we got back into this unit maybe two months ago. They kicked it back up because all the new police accountability bill and stuff like that, they kind of shut down proactive policing uh, almost all over the state. The, the new bill, I don't know if you guys heard of this, Connecticut policing bill, um, put a damper on a lot of proactive work, made people scared to do their jobs as cops because now you get sued personally. Uh, there's a lot. Now we all have body cameras, which I, I'm actually a big fan of the body cameras. A lot of people don't like them, uh, but it makes it very transparent. If you know how to do your job, then it, it works out for you. But now we're back in this unit. We've gotten 12 guns in the last two months, so it's almost a gun a, more than a gun a week. Well, it, that's an illegal gun, like whether it's stolen gun, a uh, polymer gun, which is like a made gun. So that's stuff, of work, work that we do, um, and I enjoy it. So hopefully I ride this out until the detective thing comes around.
1: All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come right back and uh, chat some more with Mike Nickel, um, multi-talented West Con football player, now a, uh, a member of the police department in the city of Waterbury, soon to be a detective in the city of Waterbury. So stick with us. West Con football podcast comes back at you in a moment. Don't go away. Folks, today's podcast sponsored by Vision Designs. Vision Designs, a full-service screen printing, embroidery, signage, and promotional company offering their services to the tri-state and New England regions. Since 2003, they've had the reputation as an industry leader in all their fields of operations. Vision Designs, proud sponsor of WestCon football and the entire program, my friends. You can contact them through their website, visiondesignsct.com, visiondesignsct.com, or you can call their main number, 203-778-9898, 203-778-9898. Thanks for sticking with us here, Westcott Football Podcast, Bart Pasterna, Coach Joe Loth, Pooch Behind the Glass, and our guest extraordinaire, it is the Officer... Mike Nickel is with us, former West County football standout, and uh, we mentioned before the break, soon to be detective, and that's a great, great thing. Um, law enforcement, uh, as you mentioned, is is not easy, and, and you talked about you know taking guns back and a, a, a gun a, a gun a week, and you mentioned guns that are made, in other words, uh, somebody is taking or modifying a a, a weapon. Out there, uh that that's gonna make the job even a little more difficult knowing these kinds of things are out there.
0: Oh yeah, those in I mean Waterbury and every other big city in Connecticut right now we're facing facing these issues with these polymer guns and stuff like that. There's there's a ton of them out there. And it just it's something you're aware of. Um you know they're out there, they're they're all over the street. Like I said, we're getting a gun. We've only been back together for eight weeks now, and we have 12 guns, so that's more than a gun a week. And like back in the day, guns used to be far and few between. And if you got a gun, like they'll give you a day off in some departments, be like, hey, good job. You, you you got a free day off for getting a gun. But now it's so prevalent out there, there's tons of them. Um, and it's, it's the job I enjoy. I enjoy doing that kind of work. So for me, it's exciting when I find a gun. Um, it's kind of like scoring a touchdown in football. <laughs>
2: So what's your what's your daily schedule? You you have like a uh, you is it a nine to fives Are you working different time shifts or kind of how does it work being a police officer?
0: We uh, we have an eight man unit. Uh, we're usually we're all taking overtime right now, so we're basically all pulling twelve hour shifts, three o'clock in the afternoon till three in the morning. Uh, One day. Like early at the beginning of the week we'll only stay till 11 o'clock we'll do the eight hours but towards the end of the week when there's bar closing and stuff like that we'll, we'll stay around till three o'clock in the morning but it's typically always uh, a second shift we have our own office we work out of um and uh
2: and that, and that overtime helps buy that new house too right
0: oh uh, yeah definitely definitely uh, helps houses are not cheap right now if you guys have seen the market <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, they, they, you know, as someone who is into real estate like yourself, they keep talking about possible recessions affecting the interest interest rate housing guys, market. And, oh, and all that stuff. So you're you're getting in at the right time. So, so Mike, here's the
2: question for you: What's wrong with your voice? You sound like your little horse mm-hmm. here
0: today. I had my best friend's wedding this weekend, so uh,
2: you were low key, allow- probably right. Huh? you were probably pretty low key at that wedding, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. very. A lot of water. Uh, <laughs> I dressed up nice in a suit, but uh, I will say the band and, and stuff like them did a great job, and I tried to keep up with the band, and my voice has taken a toll on it, and probably a little bit dehydration effect in there, but it was, a, it was a very fun weekend nonetheless, and my buddy and his wife looked beautiful, and it was a great ceremony, but it definitely took a toll on my voice. That's why I sound like this right now.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Hey, let's get back to a little bit of West Con and and football, and... What you for yourself mark as some of your fondest playing memories, Mike, things that, that will that stand out with you and that you'll you'll take forever and ever. Amen.
0: Uh so start off, we already talked about it. Definitely the game against Westfield when I was playing against my brother. That was that was one of my number <laughs> one football. Uh just I think I had two fumble covers that game too. When Greg Jackson was, who's my brother's best friend, who was supposed to be covering me on kickoff team, I ran right by him and I ended up grabbing the ball twice. So it was a, overall that was just my favorite game of my whole entire life. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, besides that, I mean, few few I'll never forget some of the uh, practice moments. I had a lot of fun in practice. Probably goofed off more than Coach Law wanted me to. Um, was always a very. Like I said, low-key, very careless kind of guy and, and very passive. And uh, my play style, <laughs> that's how I try to play too. Uh, had,
2: <laughs> Just like your play style, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that definitely will always remember my brother's game. Uh, I remember going up to St. John Fisher's um, and our kicker actually yeah. getting very sick. Had no kicker and we had to that's go right. up there and rough a, a fun game I, and it was a challenging game that was a good team and I just I'll remember that one because we, we definitely could have won that game if we had a kicker that weekend um,
2: that's right Killerman got sick that week didn't he or something like that like on Wednesday or Thursday
0: bad stomach bug and couldn't come yeah and there was a few feel good opportunities we, we could have had and we ended up not being able to take them because we didn't have the kicker um, I always remember just basically stepping up to the call like wherever I, I played seven or eight positions at Westcon I was a DB at one point, a linebacker at one point, all the special teams assignments I was on. I was the punter for two years. I was a quarterback, running back, tight end for a little bit.
2: Yep, that's right. Um,
0: so I, I, always, I thought I, I never considered myself a quarterback or a running back. I just called myself a football player, and that's and my play style I enjoyed. Um, I coached a little bit this year over at Wolka High School. And I don't know how you do it, coach. It's a tough <laughs> thing. To <coach. laughs>
2: what was the What was the worst part of coaching for you? Kids listening. Uh, to me?
0: A lot of. I mean, back when I played, I mean, kids wanted to be at practice. They wanted I, me and my friends wanted to be at practice, and and we wanted to get better. And I, I think a lot of kids just are playing football to put a jersey on and walk around the school saying they're doing it. They don't want to put in the work attached to the football football stuff and. And I actually got in trouble because I was yelling at kids too much. They said, you're being too harsh and the kids. You got to stop yelling at them. Uh, so, like, people just – it's a much softer community now. And uh, kids, kids don't want to put in the work. Parents want everyone to have a participation trophy. Unfortunately, we had some issues where, oh, my kid's not getting enough playing time. And uh, like, it's varsity football, and uh, it's supposed to be competitive. You're not – it's not – it's not in-house basketball where everyone gets to play for a quarter or whatever it is. It's where we want to win games. And I feel like that mentality in the high school, because I talked to other high school coaches too, are seeing the same kind of thing where the competition aspect is kind of going away and it's more becoming, Oh, every kid should play. Every kid should get a trophy. And, and, and that, that for me made me upset and I, I don't see myself coaching again at the high school level. Uh, in the near future, I'm just going to focus on my career for now, maybe down the road I will. But right now, I just got to step back from uh, from the football game because I had a tough time coaching with, with – I grew, coached with a great group of guys. But when everyone's – when the administration's saying, hey, you got to get these kids on the field more, and, and I was like, are you here to be a popularity contest or are you trying to win football games? And I, I didn't like the aspect where it was more so just – trying to make people feel happy instead of trying to win football games. And that's where I lost my love for like the high school coach and stuff. But I enjoyed a lot. We had a lot of good kids on my team that played. We had this kid, Mikey Green, he's going up to Central Connecticut to play this year. Uh, he was a special kid and he uh, broke his collarbone week three, which was terrible. He was my quarterback and I took pride in trying to make him my guy and, and play like I did. And he he's a fantastic, fantastic athlete. He was a fun kid to coach. And then he unfortunately got hurt with the broken collarbone. How
2: did he get yeah, hurt? How did he get hurt? What's that? How did it happen? How did how do you break his collarbone?
0: Tackled out of bounds against Waterbury Career Academy and uh, landed right on his shoulder, and it broke his collarbone. Okay. Gotta get surgery. He was out the rest of the season. Didn't get to play basketball for me either. But he, at least he's he's getting a shot up at Central Connecticut this 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 upcoming year.
1: I want to go back to your days in high school because it's not that far removed. We're only talking about a decade, really decade or a little bit more that you're out of high school, uh, here, Mike, and uh, because you brought you brought up a an interesting thing. Parental involvement in the in the process and how it has changed. Just go back to your days. Were parents that vocal or even allowed to be that vocal when it came to athletic teams when you were playing high school ball?
0: I mean, you always had a few, like your your few parents that were over over extra, and then they wanted to get involved with everything. And I was lucky; my dad never played sports his whole life. He uh, probably doesn't even know how to throw a baseball or a football. So he, I was happy that he was not involved in my sporting career at all my whole entire life. He loved going to watch the games and, and cook food before him. But <laughs> uh to a coach and saying, "Hey, I think you guys should this," because he had no idea. He never played sports. He was a farm boy. He still is a farm boy. So. So it worked out in my favor that way, but you always have your parents that want to get involved and and think they could do it better than the coaches do it. But it's definitely way worse now. I think back back then when we played, we all just wanted to win. We didn't care who was on the field or or what it took. I was more important for me to win than it was to to make sure everyone felt like they were being accommodated. Or so, I was going to Walker High School. We had an issue this year where a, a super senior didn't play more than 10 plays on senior night. And it was a tight game. So he wasn't the guy that we need on the field to win that game. But Wolkin implemented a, um, the administration did a thing for the players. They made a, a, basically a post-out sheet which says, how was your last week's of, of football or ever? Did you, get, your, did you get, get enough playing time? What do you expect to do to do better for next week? And like they had every player fill these out for the rest of the season. And after that, like, hey, basically critique your coaches every week and hand it in saying, oh, I didn't get enough playing time, or the coaches yelled at me, or they said a swear at practice. It was basically like a rap box thing for the whole teams, and I didn't think that's a way to, to try to get a football team to win or a sporting team to win, and they, they did that across all sports. And for me in high school, getting a varsity letter was a, like an honor, a thing you had to earn. And I remember as a freshman trying to letter letters a varsity guy and I couldn't do it because I wasn't good enough. I couldn't get on the field as my freshman year, but sophomore year through then I, I I lettered, and it was actually a fun thing to letter. And like you had to meet a criteria, but now everyone's getting letters if you're on the team, and, and I don't like that stuff.
2: Yeah, I tell you what I loved about coaching Mike Nickel, and you can see it right now. Not afraid to tell you what he thinks. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> what a great quality, I man. The same way as far as coaching them and stuff like that. So truly appreciate your honesty here, Mike, because you know that's that as a coach, which that you want. You want to coach kids that are. Committed coach, coach kids that are passionate about it, and Mike, and you can see, is was that kid and how he played football and approaches life in general.
1: And, and I don't want people to think I'm anti-parent here, but I think the 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 time for the participation trophies and the the time for we get so many plays or whatever is before high school. It's before. High school. Once you're in high school, uh, you know what? It's time to get that learning process for life. Well, you know, you know how and, I- and team and learn about teams and working with people, getting prepared. Especially if you want to take it to the next level. And I'm not just talking about athletics. I'm talking about education, uh, the next educational level.
2: Well, I think the other thing when you talk football, football, there's kind of another layer of collision. You know, and, and there's a little. You know, there's a little bit of when you, when there's a collision involved. You better make sure you have people out there that know what they're doing, know how to do it the right way. Or there's an injury factor if you're not playing the right guys and, and teaching them the right way of doing things. And if you if all of a sudden you've got guys out there not knowing what they're doing, or not more importantly,
1: not maybe not ready to be out there, there's the other guys could be vulnerable because of that. Yeah, and it just it's just something that messes with the process that doesn't have to mess. With the process, you know, if you're a kid and you're playing well, I'm not talking about blowout games. But here you go, you got a tight ball game. Um, You got the kid who's got colleges looking at him for a scholarship. And wait a minute, uh, little Billy didn't get his, you know, ten plays in for for this game. Well, Well, no, we're at the high school level. This is not pop Warner. This is not youth football. This is not flag football. So I'll get off my soapbox now, but I'm, I, I think we're on the same page here, Mike.
0: No, I think you're saying exactly what what I'm saying here is there's a time for people to be involved in sports that maybe aren't the best. And that's, that's before high school. But once you get to that high school level, you should be trying out for your teams. You should be able to get cut from these teams and it it shouldn't matter who you know or what you know, or, or who you, who you cry to, if your kid's not good enough, he's not going to play or, and vice versa. I mean, and, you want to try to win the game. I mean, in like Coach Coach Law said, if in football, if I if I have to put in this this kid that plays tight end or, or tackle, because mommy and daddy want him to play, and you put him in there, now your quarterback's going to get killed because he doesn't know what he's doing. And then, now now you're hurting not just him because you're putting him in a bad spot because he doesn't know how to play. But now you're putting that quarterback, that running back that's got to get the ball and and be a target for whoever's coming through him. And and then people don't understand that they think it's uh oh, just put him in there like. Just give them a few plays. It's like, it's like, no, you can't just – it's a game 11 versus 11, and you need all 11 guys to, to really function. Every every guy has a job in that 11 spots, and you can't just have one job that's like, oh, you're on the field, and it's not like that. I mean, once you get to the high school level, it should be removed. The administration's getting – like, especially in Wolcott, where I coached, the administration got involved very heavily, and um, it, it was rough. It was rough.
1: Yeah, and, and one thing I think – Parents have to realize if they want everything to be musha mush, um, you know, for where everybody plays, then they can't complain when their teams aren't involved in state tournaments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because this is the path that you have chosen. You have chosen to be non competitive, you have chosen to be not a real educational process in that sport. And so, again, I'm hopping off the—I I got my soapbox down here. You can't see it, but it's there. I'm getting off it. I, I didn't mean to drag you into something, but I know you're passionate about this stuff, Michael. So I have to bring it
0: up. Well, it, well yeah, because, I mean, this is always only—I mean, it's, it's leading towards just bad things in the future. And if you don't have to work for anything and you just think everything's going to get handed to you for no reason, then what's the drive to go get a job or go do this or— if the government, I mean, we'll go into government a little bit. If government's going to give you free money. Why would you work for money? Uh, and play some, like, I need a place like Isaac and Waterbury where people don't want, don't have, there's no incentive to go get a job because people, things are just giving, given to you. And that's from sports. If you can start playing like that, or yeah, no matter what you're going to get playing time, if you don't work or you don't show up to practice, just come on down, you'll get on the field. And then, there's no incentive for these guys to work or, or do anything and try to be better. Well, and like for me, I, what I was doing. And I'm not always the best at what I was doing, but I always wanted to be the best or try to be close to the best, and I wanted to be better. And by doing that, I had to work for it. I probably wasn't the best weightlifting guy. You could ask Coach Loth about that. I was
2: <laughs> like to ride the bike in the summer, right?
0: Oh, and I got out of there. All <laughs> new, and, and that's what it was. But I wanted to be better, and I found a way to be better than that person. Well, like I, like. To be successful running the football, so I'd, I'd sit there and watch your D line and say, "Hey, this guy is over over pursuing, or I'm, I'm going to have no gives this week, or I'm going to have no takes this week because these guys are staying home. They're good guys. So I wasn't the fastest guy, so I had to be smarter than them on the field. So I would always try to find a little gap or like I was like, "Hey, maybe this outside zone will work better this way if with these linebackers because they over pursue." So I was always trying to find a, a niche in the running game, and, and that's Coach Loss will tell you that as well.
2: Yeah, no question. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, I think Mike's a great example and probably with his job now and kind of, you know, football, it wasn't the easiest road at Western Connecticut for Mike Nichol. I mean, he had to work his way. You know, things had to go his way. Then he took advantage of it, you know, became a great quarterback for us. Then he had to move to running back. And hopefully, you know, the game of football is that meritocracy where, you know, ideally the best player plays, the best player, you know, has got to earn his spot, and learning those life lessons, you know, playing football gets translated to his, to his, through the real world, like what, what Mike's in right now. And hopefully we're able to
1: do that for Mike when he was at Western Connecticut. Yeah, land of opportunity, game of opportunity. Yeah. And when I you think- take advantage of that, as you did, Mike, it, it, it can work out. A lot of hard work has to go into that. And I'm, I'm glad you're getting the message across to people, hard work can pay off.
0: 100%. And, and I think, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was my sophomore year up at WestCon. And uh, we were up at – I think we were up at Framingham and I did not step one foot on the field for a whole football game. And that was my first time in my entire life. I didn't play one side of the ball, one play of football. And I go to Coach Loth after that game. I was like, hey, listen, whether it's a quarterback or, or anywhere else, like I, I, I'm, I'm not going to stand on the sideline for four games of four quarters of football. I know him better than that. some of these guys over there, like whether it switch me to defense or – I was like, what's the best way for me to get on the football field, turn a football game? Because I, I, I can't stand on the sideline anymore. He said, well, you're a number two quarterback. I get that. I was like, well, I can still be number two quarterback, but where else can I go to try to get on this field? I'll work. I'll do what I got to do. I, I want to be on that football field, and I want to earn that. And, and, like, went over to the defense side of the ball. I worked my way up to a spart- starting spot, I think, for like two games, and I got fired. Uh, <laughs> definitely got fired. I think I got burnt. Blew my cover. Twice and it was that was not good, but then I, I found I found somewhere I could fit in, and I, I tried to work for that. And I deserved to get fired when I got fired from from the defensive role. Um, and I wasn't pouting about it; I just was like, "All right, what can I do now to get on that football field?"
1: Well, so I to work. you you continue to do that in your in your professional life because um, you know you've people don't realize what a police officer has to go through. And it's it's not just clocking in to work every day and waiting for the call. It's not the TV show type stuff. Uh, it's uh, you can go hours without something happening and then the intensity just hits. It's a lot of paperwork. And, and as you mentioned, uh, if you want to be a detective, you have to take a test. And there's even psychological evaluations. That go on. This is uh, there's a lot more that goes into being a law enforcement officer, Mike.
0: Yeah, no, we wear many hats uh, out there, and uh, even in my job as a police officer, I always wanted to be. I wanted to be the best, best cop. Um, I always wanted to be the guy that sergeant would be like, "Hey, if it's, if it's like a crazy call and there's a lot of stuff going on with it, be like, hey, can you come write this for me or come take this call? Because I don't want this other person writing this call because they're not so good." So, I was always trying to be that guy that sergeant would call, like, hey, come take this tough call for me. So, it's less less pressure on him. It's easier for everyone else. So, I became that guy for a Little Down Patrol where I had a few sergeants that I respected. They respected me. They wanted me to be their guy. Uh, right away, I got into the two man cars. That was like the proactive car you wanted to be in. Uh, there's only three of them in the B platoon area. So, instead of being a one man car and like going to acts and stuff like that, you were a two man car. You only go to hot calls, like domestics. And so, I worked my way into that car. And then I worked my way into the specialized unit. I did well on the detective test. Uh came out number seven out of sixty guys with only five years in. Um so I was always I always wanted to do the best and want to be better than other people. I, I actually got cop of the year this year in Waterbury on two thousand twenty one.
2: So what do you get for being cop of the year?
0: Uh just Hey, you're a cop of the year.
1: Get a, you, you get a plaque, you get a you just, you, you just get a you get a you get a attaboy. A, uh, before before you run away, what would you, Mike Nichols, say to uh, someone who's interested in justice and law administration, and at WestCon, and and you know, to a kid who's interested in the in the football program? What what would you say to those people?
0: So I mean, I, I think I did it right at WestCon. I think WestCon it's not for everyone, but it, it it's, it's if if it's something you need. Like I got to work on campus making money. I got good housing over there. I got to play football for four years, and I, I, I got a good education. I enjoyed my criminal justice program very much. I was in the Justice and Law Club too. I went on a few trips with that club, and it was a good opportunity to go see. I got to see Kansas City, which was super fun. And I got to go for like two hundred bucks. It was like a thousand dollar trip. That I got two hundred bucks because I went to the Westcon Justice Law Program. So I, I got to go up to Colorado for a week on that Justice Law Club and you, you meet a lot of guys especially in that program most of those guys are trying to go on to be law enforcement in some aspects so um like kid i went to school with timmy spear i think he's a stanford cop he's got cop of the year down there and you start seeing all these guys pop up in 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 different police departments around you joe townsend's over in derby mm-hmm. down in dairy Ann. um ultramats in the academy right now
2: workshop academy highway patrol
0: uh, no, I think he got into New Milford. Okay, he's at the state academy for for I think either Milford or New Milford. I okay. forget exactly, but now he's going to be a cop. Um, so you, you start making all these connections with different people around the state, and it's, it's really unique. Especially playing football with these guys. Now you're you're on the job. You have, you share stories about the jobs, football, whatever it is. And it's, it's it's a nice program. I enjoyed WestCon. Tremendously. Like I said, I came initially going to probably stay for one year and be out. And ended up getting a job on campus, having good friends, playing football. And I couldn't complain up there. And I did my four years, got my degree and got my job immediately after. I graduated in, what are you graduating, college, May? May. And I got my job in uh, June or July as a cop. So I got right out of college five years ago and I haven't looked back since.
2: It's a
1: quick five years, wasn't it? Super fast.
0: Well, here it gets a little faster. Feel like too.
1: By the way, uh, uh, Spear up in Stanford got a uh, he got a Starbucks gift card for being Officer of the Year. Just thought I'd let you know.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just Josh there. It's a that's a great honor and it's great to get recognized and uh, I, I'm so glad that you were a part of. Of Westcon and the, the football program and the whole educational process, it's always a pleasure to get to to touch base with you. Want to wish you the best. Yeah, we forgot to end. Uh, a kid may also have a shot at being an ambassador, like like Mike Nichol was for his his time here at uh, at Westcon. And we want to wish you the the best in this career. And uh, you know, across we'll cross our fingers that detective thing comes through sooner rather than later.
0: I appreciate it guys it was always a pleasure talking to you guys and had a wonderful time this afternoon
2: yeah Mike great having you on here and, and like I always say to you make sure you stay safe
1: out there too you know
0: I appreciate it we will do
1: and, and maybe you know you, you can have the folks come down and <clears throat> do some do some tailgating for us
0: hammer <laughs> to this this year if I get detective gig that would be nice because uh, I'll have Monday through Friday and have weekends off
2: perfect Come so- come talk to the team right What's that? So you can come talk to the team.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you ever need anything like that, like I I think I did it for you two years ago or something like that. But, yeah, if you want to talk to guys and let me know, you have my number.
1: Well, Mike, thanks so much. Thanks, again, for being a part of the uh, the West County football experience and the educational experience as well. And as Coach Loth said, and we all echo here, stay safe out there.
0: I appreciate it, guys. You have a good day. Yeah, see you, Mike.
1: Uh, We want to thank, of course, Mr. Nickel himself for being with us. And, of course, all of our uh, great sponsors who bring you the podcast, help to bring you uh, streaming efforts, all that sort of stuff. Don't forget, you can catch WestCon football on stream. Just go to the WestCon site and click on. You're there. And we will have our full contingent and crew homecoming weekend for you. But uh, for right here, right now, we want to preview with Coach Joe Loth the uh, Game 2 of the season on the road again, Coach. On the road at Albright. It, oh.
0: was,
2: it was funny, you know, we're, we're at Albright, and we had one of our senior safeties walk in the office yesterday and say, I've never been in Pennsylvania before. Which <laughs> is kind of funny, it's only four hours away, but uh, it's like a three-and-a-half, four-hour ride. I actually made the ride this summer. I don't like to show up places first time ever as a head coach, so I went out there and kind of looked at the facilities. Great facilities, they'll be Without a question, the best facilities of any team we play this year. And uh, they get a first year head coach. It's really a challenging game for us, especially offensively, because they played Salisbury the first week. And Salisbury runs a triple option, one formation. They had a triple option offense or defense going. We have no idea what they're going to do defensively, and it's week two, which is a little scary. Offensively, uh, you know, they're going to have probably the best offensive line our defense will face all year, one of the two or three best
1: offensive lines, so it's going to be a big challenge for us. Yeah, and and, and it is hard to try and, and figure out what's going to go on when somebody's just been a one-trick pony on defense by necessity, Coach. Yeah,
2: and they had no scrimmage, and they played one game against a really good Salisbury team, uh, so kind of don't know what they're going to do know their talent we played them last year so we kind of know a lot of their kids are returning so we know the level of talent we just don't know what they're going to specifically we have no idea they could be an odd odd defense even defense cover three cover two they could blitz every time so it's really a challenge for our offense to kind of get through the first quarter and truly figure them out and try to operate against
1: them and and not trying to be funny here but in a way they may not know what you guys are going to do because they didn't get to see you at your best Correct. Correct. You know, uh,
2: yeah. Without a question, they didn't see it at our best. So, but they, you know, they're going to be able to practice against our plays, and and, and they de- definitely have a little more film on us than we have on them. But they also they didn't have a chance to probably operate their base defense like they wanted to week one either. So they'll have some maybe some bugs to work out with their base defense too.
1: and and that would just fall into play because again, if you if you have to run the same thing over. And over and over again, you guys aren't getting those those. Not even just the physical muscles; the mental muscles flexed yeah. for how to face somebody. And part of you know,
2: you know, like I keep talking about our offense because we really struggled last week. And uh, I think part of it, we just got to do what we do. Like like we've got to reestablish our identity. We've got to do what we do best. And not be too fancy and just kind of run our offense and, and reestablish our identity
1: on offense. Yeah, get a, get that little vitamin B12 shot and get things cooking. But and it's I want to remind people it's a 3, three o'clock, o'clock start game. time, right? And then
2: ultimately, we're going to be great on special teams. We were terrible, especially in the punt unit. Everything else was okay, but we've got to be great on special teams to win on Saturday.
1: Yeah, uh, and then back to that chain reaction thing, uh, one unit uh, falls out of sync and it could just affect the – whole kit and caboodle it is often difficult especially against solid competition to overcome one unit having that much of an issue right without a question it's th-
2: you know it's it's the old coach's cliche there's three phases of football and they really there really is and special teams probably controls field position more than the other two and when you give up points and then you give up field position it it puts all three sides of the ball you know you know
1: shows how important really special teams are well, we will be back next week with another WestCon Football Podcast. I want to thank our guest, our sponsors. Again, remember the stream, the stream, the stream, the stream, the stream. You don't need a paddle. You just need your finger to go navigate on the Internet. You can always catch WestCon Football and the podcast as well. For Coach Joe Off, Pooch Behind the Glass, Bart is saying, till next time, go Wolves!
0: The Westcon Football Podcast is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCSU Podcasts, and feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.